Thank you for listening to Tapping Into the Human, a podcast on addiction, recovery, and mental health, brought to you by The Albertus Project. By tapping into the human behind addiction and mental health, we can empower those suffering by creating a culture of empathy and support. Every week, you'll hear powerful stories from people about their journey with recovery and be inspired by individuals and organizations that are leading the charge in decreasing the stigma surrounding mental health and addiction. Welcome to a brand new episode of Tapping Into the Human. Um, Today, we have a very special guest. We have Adrienne Miller, who's the president and CEO of Women for Sobriety, or better known as WFS. Um, This episode is going to be part of our series that discusses the differences between different recovery groups in hopes of equipping you and your loved one with the information to make the best decision possible for your recovery journey, um, as also to help educate your loved one. So Adrienne, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. For sure. So tell me a little bit about you offline. We were just chatting and I was sort of doing my research. You were sort of a counselor before Women for Sobriety. So if you could talk a little bit about your background and what sort of brought you to the addiction space. Sure. Um, I entered recovery myself in 2009, and um, I was looking for different options uh, for support. And um, Women for Sobriety was one of the one of the supports I found. I also dabbled a little bit in SMART, a little bit in my sure. brain, and um, just kind of settled into Women for Sobriety. Um, then I was finally able to get sober in 2010. Um, so the beginning of my journey was not a straight line for sure. I, I always think it's important to own that for anyone that's out there struggling, just because well you're said. struggling in the beginning, doesn't not mean you're always going to struggle. Yeah. Um, and then I started facilitating WFS meetings, um, and, and peer support meetings for another organization. Then I got to become a peer recovery coach. I really liked that. So then I became a substance use counselor. Wow. And then uh, Women for Sobriety got me pulled in with uh, some special projects. I moved to Quakertown to do some special projects. So then they hired me as president CEO. So I've run the gamut in the recovery space from being someone in recovery, being a peer in recovery, being a counselor in recovery. And now I'm now I'm just running this wonderful organization for other. That's really cool. Good for you. What what an awesome story. And you because you get it, you can best able to help people. And I think that that's the most important. So um, a year ago, I did know that there were other recovery groups. I never heard of Women for Sobriety. And I was like, there's just people have to know that there are other options, but I didn't even know that there were. So I started doing my research. And one of the ones that came up was Women for Sobriety. And I like that. Um, for a lot of women who've had trauma, they feel it's important to just be around women. So can you tell the audience who's never might have heard WFS what what it is, what the group kind of runs and the philosophy? Sure. Yeah. So we're, um, I say we're, we're kind of like AA in that we have meetings and we have a program. Okay. And we're not like AA because our meetings are completely different and our program is completely different. So, but we do have those those peer support options. So we have in-person meetings, we have online meetings, um, we have chat meetings where women who are using the program can come together and support each other, share ideas, share encouragement as they're working the program. And then the core of our recovery um, program, it's called the New Life Program. Okay. And it is, it's organized around 13 acceptance statements. And they're basically affirmations And they're designed to help a woman increase her sense of self-efficacy. So her belief in herself that she can run her own life um, and and do that effectively. And also to change mindset from 
from, um, you know, being overwhelmed or being negative to being more positive and being proactive and enthusiastic about life. Um, one of Jean, our founder, one of her favorite quotes of mine is, um, sobriety is to be enjoyed, not endured. Mm. Right. And so the, the great thing about women for sobriety is we really focus on what's your new life going to look like and how are you going to make that so great that the thought of going back to addiction just sounds Turns really unpalatable. Yeah. Like, why would I want to do that? Because my new life is so great. That's really the core of what we do. That's amazing. And that's, that's really cool. It's just to, to, to give you hope and to kind of build a new foundation that the other life wouldn't be something you'd want to go back to. Um, and when I was sort of looking online too, something that I saw that was a little bit different from WFS than other websites, Smart or LifeRing is it says volunteer. So there's different volunteer options at WFS, which is kind of cool. Can you talk about some of the different volunteer opportunities? And do you have to be in recovery in order to volunteer? You do not. We, we're happy to welcome volunteers from any walk of life. Cool. Um, you know, we're very understanding. If you don't have an addiction, that's okay. We won't hold that against you. Um, <laughs> we, uh, we have our volunteer facilitators are typically women in recovery, but sometimes yeah. they're counselors or therapists who they notice a gap in their local community that there's not a women for sobriety meeting and they want to offer one. So they'll volunteer to get the meeting started until someone, you know, a woman in the community who is in recovery can kind of take over. Cool. Um, so we have that option. We also have, um, we've started to decentralize our, um, our management and our leadership in the organization and really trying to empower the women of the program and anyone else who wants to help to help shape the future of WFS. So to work on things like, like fundraising and to mm. expand our, our revenue streams, right? So that we can spend more money helping women. Yeah. Um, helping plan our conference, helping um, with outreach efforts so that we can get the word out to more women. So there's a number of teams um, that that are working on that kind of thing. And then we have some volunteers and they just want to do a data entry or they just want to help respond to emails or whatever. And so we, we can usually find a place where a volunteer can fit. That's great. They have the opportunity to give back and support the mission, which is great. And also I, I like the opportunity that you don't have to necessarily be in recovery yourself. You can just be tied in the mission and want to support in whatever realm. So I think that that's great. Um, something interesting you just brought up is sort of outreach. How do you, as not a 12 step program, which is like, you know, a, a lot of treatment centers, they'll always offer a 12 step program. Like, are there places now that if someone goes to a treatment center, they will offer WFS or say, hey, there's actually a local WFS meeting? Like, how does that work for you guys? Because I can see that being a challenge. It is a challenge. It's the, the great conundrum of being one of these, quote unquote, alternative programs. Right. Right. Um, we have since I took over as president CEO a few years ago, I've started doing outreach at um, NADAC, which is the Association for Addiction Professionals. Um, I've been going to the ASAM National Conference, which is the American Society of Addiction Medicine, which is all the doctors. Right. Um, and so doing outreach at the professional level, it's definitely like my comfort zone as well, because I was an addictions professional. So um, it's a great way to try and get us back into the conversation um, with 
with the treatment centers and stuff because they really are, you know, the gateway to recovery for so many people. Right. And just even the way, like just starting, right. And, and that's sort of what I've discovered too. If people just don't know about it or when they know about it, don't think that that's like a good alternative. And that's the interesting thing too. Like when I was trying to do my research, um, before I was doing all the podcasts and stuff, I'm like, I want to make sure I'm recommending things that actually work. But there has been a study and WFS was in the study where it's proven to be WFS, Smart and a couple others, just as effective as, you know, uh, Narcotics Anonymous or AA. It's really just the foundation of that community group. So I think that that's important for people to know these alternatives, while they're different, can be just as effective as any one that you might have heard of, too. Yes, yes. And we're not new. We've been around since 1975. So, you know, for an organization to last that long, we must be doing something right. Right. Um, <laughs> I've known women with 20, 30 years of sobriety through WFS and them using WFS as our only recovery program. So we're not, we're, no, we're not fly by night. We've been around yep. for a while. Um, we were kind of quiet for a while, but I'm a little loud and obnoxious. So I will get, hey, that's good. Get the word out there. More people know. So I think that that's good. Um, I also wanted to ask you, like, how do meetings typically go? Let's say whether in person or online, like, is it 45 minutes? Is it an hour? Is it reading something? Opportunity to share, crosstalk? Like, what does that look like? Great question. Um, so our online meetings are usually an hour. Our yeah. in-person meetings can be an hour to an hour and a half, depending on the local community. Of course, now a lot of our in-person meetings are on Zoom, yeah. um, which creates special logistical um considerations from within the offices we're trying to refer people out to these meetings right um typically a meeting starts with the reading of the statements our 13 yeah. core principles of the program um, and then we'll read either the mission statement or we have what's called the founding principles um, it used to be our mission statement we updated our mission statement but it's a really great reading um, cool. so sometimes i'll read that or the group agreement Sometimes you read all three, it just kind of depends on which group you're going to and how much time they have. Um, typically we introduce ourselves. Um, so if I was introducing myself, I would say, my name is Adrian. I'm a competent woman. Um, we don't use other labels. We just try to manifest what we want to be. So I'm right. a competent woman. Um, some people, some groups have a, a local culture where they use other words, right? They could say mm -hmm. anything positive about themselves as long as they practice saying something cool. positive about themselves. Okay. Um, and then usually people will check in. They'll say one positive thing that they did um, over the last week or or um, since they last came to a meeting, and they'll relate it to one of the statements. So really practicing, recognizing our accomplishments and linking them to the program. And then if somebody needs extra support, there's usually some time like, hey, I'm facing this challenge. I really need five minutes um, where they can share about that. And then we'll have a topic. So usually um, it might be them. We have an emailing called the Monday Thoughts. Um, it might be that. It might be an article that our founder wrote. It might be some other topic um, that someone found online or a passage in a book that relates to the program. Um, somehow which you can you know as long as it relates to recovery and new life and um, our philosophy that can be used so they might read that and then have a discussion it's really a discussion format which is right. new for some people so um, we encourage that kind of um, cross talk if you will asking questions building off of each other's ideas um, you know really kind of a dynamic interaction 
That's awesome. So there's that the little end, we, community. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just more interactive. I really like it. Um, and then we have at the end, well, we used to hold hands in a circle. I don't know that any groups are holding hands these <laughs> yeah. days, but um, we recite the motto at the end. And the motto is very simple. It's we are capable and competent, caring and compassionate, always willing to help another bonded together and overcoming our addictions, which is that's just awesome. a lovely way to close. It's a meeting. good way to end. Yes. Very good at. No, that's that's really cool. I like sort of the positivity manifesting of what you want. You know, it's been proven the more positive you communicate to yourself and others, the more you're able to actually actualize that. So um, I think that that's fantastic. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask sort of about was um, I know there's different groups have different philosophies. What is WFS's philosophy on medication assisted treatment? Um, there have been times where I've spoken to people and they're like, oh yeah, it doesn't matter as long as you're taking as prescribed. And then, um, unfortunately when I spoke to some other groups, they're like, no, we don't believe in that. What is sort of, if, if a woman wants to come and is on buprenorphine taking it as prescribed, is that like, okay. in your guys' philosophy. Um, yes, we, I actually just did a Facebook live in our private Facebook group about this. Um, you know, as long as it's being taken as prescribed and you're being honest with your doctor, that's really between you and your doctor. Um, you know, we are an abstinence-based program. We do believe that, that you know, abstinence from alcohol and drugs provides the most fertile ground for emotional and spiritual growth, which is one of our core beliefs. Um, and But medications don't necessarily bypass that, right? Um, so no, we, we believe that medications can be a really important adjunct. And um, as long as, you know, people aren't abusing them or, or showing up, you know, under under the influence, right? And when these medications are used properly, you're not under the influence, right? It, right, right. Not a regulating effect, uh, right. not an intoxicating effect. So yeah, we're, we're, we're welcoming of that. Gene Kirkpatrick, our founder, was um, a big supporter of letting the body help, right? The body is affected by addiction and and medications help the body recover. So yeah, exactly. Of course. Yes, please. Take okay. Back. No, that's great. That's good to know. I think that's really important that people can can know and not feel ashamed and do what they need to do and what their doctor sort of recommends. So I think that's, that's fantastic. So what about the role of sort of family and friends? Obviously that plays a big role in like addiction recovery and addiction is an isolating disease. Is there, I know some groups have where family and friends are allowed to sit in that meeting or there's specific meetings. What is the WFS philosophy for family and friends? We, um, we don't have any family and friends program. In fact, when people call the office, I refer them over to the smart recovery family oh, and friends family program because they have a really great research-based yeah. evidence-based program, uh, which I'm a big fan of. So that's not something that we've um, focused on. In the past, we do ask that our meetings and our peer support spaces be just women in recovery from addiction. Um, so we do kind of uh, limit our audience in that way. So, but we do think that, you know, family and friends definitely need support. So we have places to refer them, uh, but we don't have any of that on our own. Got it. Sort of in-house for WFS. Okay. That, that makes sense. And what would you say, and you sort of were talking about a little bit earlier, but are the main differentiators between WFS and the 12-step program? And could someone go to 12-step programs and practice the WFS philosophy? Do they mesh or do they seem to go in a separate direction? 
We have a lot of women that do both. And in okay. fact, my first year of actual sobriety, I was going to plenty of AA meetings as well as my WFS meeting, um, just because you can't beat the availability of WFS or of AA meetings, right? Right. Um, so I, I don't find them to be um, in contrast with each other. There, there are some some big differences, right? So um, WFS is really um, an empowerment approach. Okay. And, you know, AA talks about powerlessness in its first step. I do believe that over overall, AA is an empowering program, but on its face, it doesn't, if you're just taking it at face value, it doesn't seem super empowering when you first learn about it. Mm -hmm. At least it did it for me. Um, right. So I can only speak for myself. But WFS is very right in your face. Like, I mean, our first statement, you know, is all about taking control of your your problem. Right. So it's like helplessness sort of thing. Yeah. 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 Versus powerlessness and turning your will over kind of thing. So we're very much you can do it. You're responsible. You have to take responsible responsibility for yourself and your recovery. Um, we also, you know, the closest we get to spirituality is um, our statement eight, the fundamental object of life is emotional and spiritual growth. And that is as much as we define or touch on that. And we believe that everybody's spiritual journey is incredibly personal to them. The timing of their spiritual growth is incredibly personal to them. And so it's just not a part of our program. Our program is very much about changing your thinking to change your actions, to change your life. Um, right. Spirituality usually comes along with that somewhere along the line, but yeah. not always. Right. Um, and then, you know, one thing that we get asked about a lot is sponsorship um, and that kind of one-on-one -on -one relationship. And, and we don't do that. We, because we're an empowerment program and we're trying to help women really uh, improve their self-esteem and improve their sense that, they can do good things and they can make good decisions. Um, we really encourage people to build kind of more rich support networks. So women from the program, repairing relationships with family and friends, you know, if you need professional support, go out and get the professional support. Right. And so now, you know, it's not about any single relationship. It's about building this very textured and nuanced, um, diverse support network. I love that. So you're not just necessarily relying on one person. It's to empower you to take control of kind of your own life. And um, no, I think that that's cool. It's it's tough. It's probably very scary, especially for people who might be coming from another model. But again, um, no, I think that that's different and very cool. Um, so now you're the CEO and president of this large organization, which must be pretty cool. So what are what is sort of the biggest thing that you've um, learned now being president of this organization? Is there something that's really surprised you or inspired you? Um, with your journey that you've been the president for a couple of years now? I think uh, the dedication of the women in the program and like the amazing things that they can do when we empower them to take part, you know, our conference used to be, our annual conference used to be very small and it was, you know, 120 people a year and um, stayed that way for quite a long time. Last year, you know, it was virtual. So, you know, that's, it's kind of apples and oranges, but we had 550 wow. for a virtual event last year. Cool. So, um, and that's, you know, I could never do that on my own. That's, you know, we have whole groups of women now planning these events and really just making them so much better than, than we could if we were just trying to plan within the office. 
because we are, you know, I don't know that we're a very large organization. I always say we're a small organization with large reach. You know, there we you operate with uh, 3.2 full-time equivalent employees, um, but we do a whole lot with that. And that's because of the women in the program who um, are taking responsibility for the health of the organization as well and for making sure that this organization sticks around for a very long time and helps as many women as possible. Right. So I was just going to ask on that note, what is WFS's reach? Are you guys in other countries? Like if I'm in the UK, can I dial into a virtual meeting? Are you guys on other continents? What does that look like? Or really the U.S. is kind of your main area? Our main area is the U.S. Um, we have some meetings in Canada that have been going on for a very long time in Canada. Um, one of our earliest meetings was in Nova Scotia, of all places. Interesting. I'm but, from Toronto. so Okay. <laughs> and then we have one meeting in Mexico. We do have some women um, all over the world. They um, Our WFS Online is an online okay. community where we have women from all over the world come to that. Um, not a lot of in-person meetings in those places. But, you know, one of the wonderful things about Zoom is you get these international dial-in numbers. So if you can't join online one of our Zoom meetings, you can always dial in from pretty much any country to these Zoom access numbers and get into a meeting. Very cool. So you got you. So you still have the global reach, even though you're focused just mostly in the U.S., which is great. Um, that's the cool thing too. When I've been on um, some family smart recovery meetings, um, and when I was allowed to go to a couple um, AA meetings, there's Dublin and Scotland and and all over. Um, it was just really cool to see that like. I think it brings sort of a sense of comfort knowing that you're not alone and especially different countries, races, sexes, whatever it may be. It's kind of nice to know um, that you have that support. Um, so the last question I always sort of ask is what is your best piece of advice? If you think if someone's suffering right now, listening, and they're just scared to get help, what sort of words of wisdom or encouragement do you have for them? This is always a great, interesting question. It's a tough one, right? Because it is a tough one. Because, things. Yeah. yeah. And there's a lot that goes into it. I know that's not a, an easy question. Um, well, I think my number one message to people who are looking at embarking on this journey is that it seems really scary. It seems really, really scary. But addiction is pretty bad too, right? And addiction's not going to get any better. Recovery is going to be scary and and unknown and feel yucky for a while, but it's going to get better. Recovery doesn't really get worse. It's going to make your life better. Whereas saying an addiction, it's your life is going to continue to kind of be yucky, probably. Not necessarily, but probably. So even though it seems scary now, it will be worth it in the end, um, for sure. I think. I haven't heard a lot of people be like, oh, I really wasted those 20 years being sober. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, and then my other advice that I often give people is, you know, look at all the options, find all the options, find one that really speaks to you. And especially in the beginning, it's so hard to know what to do and what not to do. And, um, you know, take what you can from all of them. But like for me, picking WFS and going, okay, this is my primary program. This is where I'm going to put my primary focus right now. So I don't have to think about all those other things was really helpful for me. So, you know, kind of find what works for you and kind of throw yourself into that um, kind of wholeheartedly and give it a chance to really work and make a difference in your life. Um, Fantastic. Excellent words of wisdom. Well done.
Thank you. Well, thank you so much, Adrian. It's been a real pleasure being able to chat with you and learn about WFS. I'll make sure I link everything in the bio. Um, so just thanks for all the work that you're doing for the community and, and giving us the opportunity to hear all about WFS and know that people can come to your meetings online, in person, join other meetings and just sort of find the best fit for them. Perfect. Thanks for doing your show and for uh, spreading the words. Awesome. That you're doing. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. By tapping into the human behind addiction and mental health, we can empower those suffering by creating a culture of empathy and support. You can find more episodes of Tapping Into the Human and resources about addiction and mental health by following The Albertus Project on social media at Albertus Project and at www.albertusproject.org. Thank you.